0: to other people's lives i'm your host joe sanagato
1: i'm your host
0: greg diebeck and welcome to season four we are finally back with our fourth season didn't think we'd have four seasons when we first started this but we are we are here i will say what four sounds like a lot but we're we're
1: still in the infancy of the show there's only 44 episodes right so
0: yeah i don't know i see what you're saying yeah.
1: there's no point that i'm making i'm just i don't want to <laughs> feel older than we are no 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 we're but gonna, it is season we're four. gonna keep
0: this train rolling i mean let me tell you right now um but we are very excited for season four as you know we take time off in between seasons to record a bunch of calls so that we could pick out the best ones and have them for the episodes that you guys hear uh and we have really good ones this season we took a little bit of a, a different approach also you kind of want to expand the show a little bit um also something very exciting uh this season we do have a Patreon up. Um, which if you don't know, it's sort of like a crowdsourcing platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you go to patreon.com OPL show, you will see all the details for everything, but we'll just go through it. So basically um, for just a dollar, um, you have access to bonus episodes that are the Ask Greg, and Joe episodes where you guys can send in questions and uh, we answer them. Um, and there's also a Discord server now. Discord is an app uh that you can download on your phone or your computer or wherever and it's basically just a chat room so it'll be a chat room for uh you know anyone who listens to the show sort of like a community if you guys had additional questions after the episode goes out or you wanted to talk to us uh about the episode or you know how did you feel when this happened or any sort of questions like in real time um that you wanted answered like we can just text in this chat Mm-hmm. uh Now, and super this,
1: super easy to use.
0: Yeah, super easy to use. It's not it's not hard. uh But yeah, for just a dollar, uh, you get those two things, and you also get uh fifteen percent off promo codes of the OPL merch. Um,
1: you got a lot of cool merch coming out. Yeah, we do. We're trying we, to play around with some ideas. Trying to definitely not play not straightforward. I mean, sure, a t shirt with other people's lives is cool, but. You know, we're trying to go beyond that right. and really create some cool concepts. Uh, one that we have live right now for season four, it's a Talk to Strangers shirt. I love that one. Just the phrase, talk to strangers.
0: Yeah, it's like everything your parents told you not to say. Yes. It's like, don't talk to strangers. We're like, no, no, no. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> that's that's kind of what we do. Don't talk to people <laughs> like in, in unmarked vans, but, you know, just listen, listen to the podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what, what, what we're really trying to do with season four is really start to put I think the community behind the show and we felt it we see it on Twitter we see it in the reviews the reactions that it gets from people and this is just a great way for you know you guys to support the show for us to be able to keep the show going obviously and you know just be able to have fun with it and and give you guys some exclusive stuff so I know we're, we're super excited about these bonus episodes uh, that you get if you are a member uh, because we love episodes like that we had one last season where we asked each other questions Mm -hmm. uh it was like the two-hour episode got super deep oh yeah um but it's fun we want to do that more so we decided to you know do a bunch of these episodes where we answer questions from you guys as patrons Mm -hmm. uh and we'll just be rolling those out exclusively for anyone you know who does uh who is a patron and and gives the the dollar amount
0: right because we we got a good response from the episode that we did last season of, of, of us kind of talking because, and the idea behind that was, you know, we have people open up and, and make themselves vulnerable on the show all the time. Uh, it was our turn to kind of get vulnerable and like let people in. So, you know, people responded very well to that. You guys seem to like that. So we wanted to do that without crowding the feed and changing the whole dynamic of the show. Yes. We want the show to be what it is. Uh, but if you do enjoy that, then we do have these extra episodes that will come out. We're unsure how many will come out uh, each month, and maybe one or two or something like that. But uh, we'll figure that out along the way. Uh, maybe they'll just come randomly. Who oh no, knows? It'll be worth a
1: dollar. We could promise. Yeah, that.
0: like there's definitely going to be at least one a month uh, that come out on there. Um, but yeah, and then there also is a three dollar tier where you now gain the ability to submit a question for the Axe Greg and Joe show. So with the $1 tier, you'll just get access to the episodes. You'll be able to listen to it, but you won't have uh, the ability to ask us any questions. But the $3 tier, that's when you'll be able to be a part of the show and be able to ask us that stuff. Um, And that's the only difference between those two tiers. But yeah, just to reiterate real quick, you get the access to the bonus episodes through Patreon uh, you get access to the Discord server, which I'm actually looking really forward to. And we were talking about how we can have fun with that as well, where we can have even one of the guests who are on the show maybe create some anonymous account and hop into the chat. And if you guys have any questions for them, you could ask them in real time, and you guys could you know just chat uh, in the in in the chat. I'm <laughs> so excited by that
1: idea. Yeah, that's like a, that's is a really the cool woman idea. still cheating on her husband? Yeah, maybe like let's, she'll come back. Yeah, and let like us go, know? pop
0: into the chat. We'll give you a fake username and and talk to whoever. Um, so yeah, it's just a dollar or three dollars if you want to, um, you know, gain the ability to submit some questions for us. But yeah, that is our our uh, Patreon setup. Again, it's Patreon spelled P A T R E O N dot com slash O P L show.
1: And we're not going to talk about it here. I think we've spent enough time. There is a third bonus tier. Right. It's kind of a limited time thing. Uh, but you can you can see that on the the Patreon website. Right. And like Joe said, P A. T-R-E-O-N dot com Slash O-P-L show Definitely check it out And obviously thank you guys for You know all the support Uh, This is what allows us to keep the show going And experiment and take risks And just try to grow this thing to be As big as it can
0: Yeah and uh, yeah we're not going to take up Any more of your time I know you want to get to season four So uh, let's uh, Let's get on with the episode Uh, Greg what do we have today
1: Vampires (laughs) vampires vampires
0: we're talking to a vampire
1: no we are talking to a man he is he's actually a college professor okay well-educated guy uh does lectures teaches courses i guess on vampires yes actually monsters vampires dracula anthology he might be i think he's an english professor but in his spare time Okay. He interviews vampires. Interesting. A real community of vampires, he claims. And he has some work out there where he's written. There's one piece. uh, You can check it out on blogs.discovermagazine.com. It's called What I Learned, Studying Real Vampires. There's even an editor's note about how popular the article was on the site. This is wild. (laughs) And I don't want to give too... I just realized I screamed vampires into them. I'm gonna blow, blow out everyone's eardrums. Yeah, that's so funny. Uh,
0: what do we have today?
1: Vampires. <laughs> but no, like, I'm not. I'm not joking with you. Like, he claims to have interviewed vampires. He meets with them. He understands everything from how they blend in to how they are blend able in. blend in with humans.
0: Wait, are these like? Wait, like they're amongst us. They're wait, out wait, 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 here. wait. wait. these aren't just like people these are like actual we're talking like i mean maybe vampires are people too we're talking like dracula like different not human beings they're not humans they're vampires okay this is where i mean see for me personally i don't i don't know about this this is okay on the spectrum of like aliens
1: check for me ghosts like I need a little more proof, but like the fact I even get scared saying that, thinking they hear me right, yeah that, yeah. makes me think I probably believe in them. Vampires—I've never even considered—but now you got this guy out here, literally. Like this looks like an academic article about yeah, I mean, how they how they turn humans into vampires by biting them. Whoa. How much blood they need to consume? Like blending oh. in at night, like teeth, like extracting from their gums, like
0: the the fangs. I have some fangs. You see these?
1: oh yeah look at that.
0: i bite beers and i shotgun them but oh. i don't bite anyone's neck
1: well some vampires need blood you need beer i need, I need
0: <laughs> natty lights <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: <laughs>
0: that's wild though i mean I wonder I, what know, the I had natty had... light of human is like yeah. just the
1: worst blood yeah thing. just
0: like the grossest <laughs> blood ever um no yeah so i by I the need... way side note i'm completely grossed out by blood oh yeah yeah not i'm not one of those people that like if i bleed i'm gonna pass out or if you bleed i'm gonna pass out because i won't faint yeah but it's like i don't want to touch it and like i don't want to be i don't want to be like you know what i mean unless there's like an emergency we got into a car wreck and i gotta hold your thing i'll Ooh, do it yeah. i'll stick hold your, your finger in there and, yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah i'll stick my finger in your wound so that you don't bleed out or whatever oh, but i'm, I'm not really like now. i don't like blood like, no, like I really a, don't. I like I can't imagine putting blood in my mouth. Even my own blood oof. I wouldn't put in my mouth.
1: No. Getting blood taken still freaks me out. I always feel like I'm about to pass out. Like I know I'm not a vampire.
0: I'm not a vampire not either. Not yeah.
1: But it'll I think you're right. It'll take a little convincing. Yeah. I mean, look, who's more open-minded than us? We're going to talk to this guy. He seems very professional, very yeah. well researched, unless he's just fooling everyone, but like he is known for this uh i mean i let's see if, let's see yeah i, mean, I definitely <laughs> want to call know. him and ask
0: him about this. i have a ton of questions okay because i don't even i'm not even sure what a vampire is like i know like the cartoon version of it i think you know that's a mean? great can't, first question can't go outside right, right in a
1: box what's the stereotype and misconceptions and of, the, of a vampire yes if you they're know what even real.
0: you know what we've never done this before that's gonna be my first question i like it we're gonna people are gonna know what it is before i even say it i think I need to figure out how I'm going to frame it, but let's give him a call.
1: Hello? Hey, how's it going? You've got Greg and Joe here. How you doing? Hi, Greg. Hi, Joe. I'm doing well. Thank
0: you. Uh, So we just kind of uh, read your email and kind of what you do. You have papers about vampires and whatnot. I'm just kind of like, I was under the impression that vampires didn't exist, and it was just well known that it didn't exist. But from what I can tell, and correct me if I'm wrong, they're not human, they're a complete, they're a different thing. They're vampires and there's human beings, like they need blood to survive. Is that correct?
2: <laughs> um, okay, let's let's just back up for a second. Yeah. You're right, the, the, the supernatural or mythological vampire uh, obviously doesn't exist. Uh, in the same way that unicorns don't exist. However, there are human beings from all over the world who, uh, and this has been documented since at least the early 70s, who uh, find themselves uh, needing blood or what they call energy or psychic energy, and they find that if they don't take this blood or this energy, then they feel uh, uh, lethargic, they feel like they have less energy. I mean, they can eat healthily, they can exercise, they can take vitamins, but they can't really feel the way others do. And often they come in contact with blood, usually by accident at first. And then afterwards they feel sort of revitalized. They feel energetic. And it's only usually until after that, often years after that, that they begin adopting the word vampire as a way of communicating this sort of identity of theirs so it's it's uh to them it's one part biology and sort of one part cultural the cultural part is where they take on the word vampire Uh, and sometimes in some cases uh, they might even dress in gothic apparel or they might wear prosthetic fangs but the most important thing is the need the biological need according to them for blood or energy so to answer your question yes they're humans and they've adopted the word vampire or human vampire or modern vampire or real vampire to self-identify themselves
0: so i mean i'm asking your personal opinion do you think this is something that you know the blood kind of has a placebo effect where it's kind of in their head that it's doing this or do they actually biologically need random blood to be energized
2: well I can speak to the folks I've interviewed, which is many, many, many people at this point, And I can speak to cases I've read. And uh, I assumed, before I ever started these studies several years ago that I was going to be talking to cases. that these were people who obviously read a lot of vampire literature or studies the way I had, or they saw a lot of vampire films, et cetera. And then they discovered by accident that they liked blood, that it made them feel better. And that wasn't the case. Often, when they come in contact with blood, uh, whether it be through a fight or perhaps they uh, purchased some meat that had blood tainted liquid in it, who knows? Um, they, they didn't have this preconceived notion of blood providing energy or sustenance or some sort of strange ethereal vitality. Um, they weren't sort of vampire. Uh, you know, hardcore fans, none of that, none of that stuff. They, uh, in other words, they discovered that blood had this effect on them and they didn't have this preconceived notion that it was going to make them feel better or make them feel revitalized. And it's only after the fact that then they adopted the word vampire. Okay. Uh, And I know. And again, I, I sort of waited till the end of my various vampire studies to go into this because I just knew that I was going to encounter nutcases and, uh, once you hear the same sort of story from various people during interviews, people who uh, aren't in cahoots in terms of their stories, and then you read early, early cases from the 70s where people have the same sorts of stories, it begins to ring true. So I think initially I would, before I conducted these interviews, I would think there was some sort of placebo effect. Uh, but that's if the people drank the blood knowing that it would make them feel better. Uh, initially, they came in contact with the blood by accident, uh, or in, in the cases of psychic energy, they don't even know they're taking it. They just uh, they just like to give friends massages or something, or they like to do various things that deal with touch or whatnot. And it's years later they realize if I stop giving these friends massages or if I start stop doing these things, then I feel lethargic and weak. And then they make the connection that they're taking the psychic energy. With blood drinkers or sanguinarian vampires, it's easier. They know where it's coming from. But, uh, again, to to go back to your question, they don't have this preconceived notion initially that the blood is going to have this effect. They come in contact with the blood, and for some reason it has this positive effect on them. And they just proceed to drink it in small doses over the years. And, again, it's often years later that they realize... That they're doing this and they feel like they need to do it and then they start adopting the word vampire to self-describe themselves and it's often after they have met or heard of others who are doing the same thing who have the same sort of uh, condition that they do
1: I mean I I guess if you are taking time out of your day to drink blood you are allowed to call yourself a vampire that makes sense to me how are they I guess from your experience Interviewing some of these people, where are they getting the blood from? How often are they consuming it? How are they consuming it?
2: Well, um, it, in terms of the quantity needed, it depends on the vampire. For some people, all they need to feed is once every couple of weeks. Uh, some for some people, it's every two to three days, and the the quantity of blood is uh, anywhere from a shot glass to perhaps a little more. Um, if they, some, some vampires will take just enough to quench their thirst at that point. Uh, and for some vampires, they take it either by using a sterile blade to make a small prick somewhere in the body where it often won't leave scars. Um, and they will first they'll clean the area with, um, proper materials, then they'll uh, drink the blood straight from the skin or the wound, and then they'll clean the wound afterwards. Wait, for this is their, people, own, skin, their uh, own
0: blood that they're drinking?
2: No, no, no. This is someone else's blood.
0: Oh, so people are, like, volunteering, like, yeah, go crazy.
2: Well, it, some people volunteer. But for some people, simply having their blood taken is payment enough because perhaps they're a blood fetishist or they just are exhilarated by it. Uh, for some, perhaps they're paid monetarily. Uh for others, maybe they say, Hey, you can have my blood, but let's exchange these sexual favors first or afterwards. It really just depends. Uh and something else I should add here is that uh it's not like you're gonna find a real vampire just sort of walking down the street and they see, you know, either a homeless person or just some random person smoking a cigarette say, so, Hey, you wanna make twenty bucks? Um it's often a stringent process they go they go through to find someone who might be open to the conversation. It could be someone they've known for a while or perhaps it's someone who attends the same sort of bars where they might find people who self-identify as vampire. Anyway, there's this conversation that happens first. And something else that happens often is that the vampire will have his or her blood tested by a doctor and so will the donor, uh, which is what they're called, the people who have their blood taken. And once this information is exchanged to show that it's a relatively safe process, then that's when it happens.
1: Wow, so this is like a very kind of detail-oriented, intricate process for, for some right. of these people. Right. They are, I mean, yeah, they're literally searching for people's blood to drink, and then I guess they kind of find a match or someone who's willing, and then I I, I guess they just kind of set up meetings or however it works and just literally drink those people's blood.
2: Exactly. And and, and again, in terms of quantity, it, the, the vampire may take... Uh, just what he or she needs at that point. Others might take what they need, but also the way they take it is through uh, sterile syringe or medical tubing and they'll empty the blood into a receptacle, out of which they'll drink some of it and then the rest they'll store. Uh, Some vampires prefer to do that because they can take the quantity that they are storing and use it to make sort of a, a blood tea, which can sort of keep longer in many cases, and they can drink that over time in case they find that they're they might not have access to donors for a period of time. So it, it depends on the, the amount of access they have at the time and the location, all these different various factors, geographic factors can determine how much blood is taken and whatnot.
0: Wow. Wow. Blood is so gross. Am I, like, I just, like, this is just, this is a lot for me. Because I'm one of those people that's, like, I'm not, like, squeamish, but drinking blood that isn't, I mean, even my own would be too much, but drinking blood that is someone else's. I mean, blood also, I mean, I know you say they go through, you know, great lengths to make sure that it's clean and there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just like, I don't know. Like, it's just, you know. are Do, there do any- you think it's possible that this is just something because, I mean, Dracula is like the most famous vampire of all time, obviously, and this is something that I think was created in the late 1800s Uh, do you think this is something that could be just sort of like a fetish and it's not necessarily a necessity, but it's sort of just like a psychological, uh, I don't even know, but just they get something from like, it's like a, like, it goes back to what I was saying before, like kind of like a placebo effect of like, this is what I need. Like, this is you know, going to make me feel better in, in order, order to ever. like identify as a vampire. right? Cause I mean, especially because I think people sometimes are dying to be attached to some sort of community and uh, you know, something like this, that's so niche. It's just, it, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around thinking that, you know, okay. Well,
2: you've, you've posed a, you posed a lot of questions. Let me see if I can. Uh, back. No, I'm sorry. Of, I was just kind uh, of ranting,
0: to be honest. Uh, another question that okay. I wanted to ask. I'm sorry. You know, uh, actually, you know what? Go ahead. If you wanted to answer something that I said before.
2: Yeah. Well, first, you made some comment just then, which you said this something something was created in the late 1800s. What were you referring to then?
0: The story of Dracula.
2: Yes. Yes. The story of Dracula. I mean, there was vampire literature in existence for almost a century before Dracula. Um, but again, to return to a comment I made. I assumed these people would be, you know, uh, vampire gurus, literature literature gurus, film gurus, and it turns out that I couldn't hold any length of a conversation with them about vampire literature or film because it's really not their cup of tea. Uh, They're they're not vampire film fanatics. Right, but I'm not either, but I
0: I know the story of Dracula and what a vampire is. You know, it's just kind of like one of those things you hear about when you're growing up.
2: Yeah, and and again, uh, they weren't these... I mean, they did hear those stories, uh, but they. I think if they were sitting around and they were watching vampire films or hearing about how blood can help you and doing that a lot, they might try this blood. But again, for most of them, the vampire... I mean, the blood came in contact with them by accident, and it wasn't until sort of tasting it or trying it by accident uh, that they discovered that it did something to them, and they realized, they don't know what the effect is, and, then, and at some point, they try it again and they realize it helps them again but um, for placebos at least people taking a placebo know that they're taking a drug that may or may not help them but in the case of of these people and the blood there's no real conception of that it just sort of happens and after the fact they realize it, it. it's starting to help them at least that's what they say uh let's see if i can remember one or one of the other two or three questions you had in your land well, uh, just, just um, real
0: quick i just wanted to ask one question you said that you know they come in contact with the blood accidentally. What like do you have like an, a specific example of that? Because I feel like if you come in contact with something accidentally, I feel like it would be hard to notice. Like, oh, I was energized, and it was because, and to be able to identify that it was the blood, something that happened accidentally. I feel like to make that connection is like pretty tough.
1: But to to well, jump in, I get uh, I get what you're saying where. I mean like Joe, I get what you're saying of this like kind of subculture that we've like, I guess, stumbled upon this conversation that we didn't realize it was gonna be. But John, you're saying it's it they're not modeling themselves after something. Like there's no they're not studying the right. literature, they're not trying to kind of like mock Something that's in existence. They it it was never even a thought in their mind, and then suddenly there's some sort of contact, and there's just this like insatiable hunger for right. blood, and they just realize. And on top of that, you also mentioned psychic energy. Maybe explaining that would kind of help us better understand as well.
2: Yeah, um, and again, like you said, uh, they're not trying to emulate the filmmaker literary vampire. Uh, some of them do wear prosthetic fangs on occasion. For show or sometimes to to self-identify to someone on the street that hey i'm also a real vampire but and and they but for many of them they don't wear fangs and uh they're not trying to emulate something that is beyond them in fact i've often said to them and in print that their lives would be much easier and we probably wouldn't be having this conversation right now if they had picked some other word to sort of self-identify Uh, This part of themselves, they chose the word vampire because it seemed the most logical. And at the time in the 70s, when that term was first chosen, there was a lot going on in vampire literature and film that made the vampire a more accepting figure to sort of identify with. Mm. And so that was very important to this day. If they change that name. Uh, things would be much different. In fact, there are some real vampires who do everything that a real vampire does but refuses to use the word vampire just because of all the stigma that's attached to it. They just know that they like blood, that it helps them feel energized. For some of them, it's the taste, too, that's good. For for many of them, it's not the taste. It's the effect that it has on them. And for those that came in contact with it by accident, for some, I've, I've been told that they were in a fight. And during the fight, some person's blood came in contact with them. Or while they were fighting the person, they either punched them or bit them or tried to get them off of them. And that's how the blood happened. Uh, the contact for others, if they purchased meat and they had this, uh, I don't know. Um, Either that their cooked their steak was really really rare and this blood tainted liquid was coming out of it, and they've eaten other foods and realized it was that blood tainted liquid that really made them feel better. So then they go and find raw steak or some other kind of raw meat and try the blood, the residue blood that's in the package. Um, and there are earlier cases where you have people who work in industries where they come in contact with blood on a daily basis, and they might try it that way. But uh, Again, to return to the point is they there's not this um, interest in, in vampires and uh, the culture and the vampire milieu that, that is attracting them to it. Um, they sort of bypass that and then find the blood in some other way. As far as psychic vampires, that's someone who is taking the same sort of energy that sanguinarians take, but according to psychic vampires, they either take it through the air or sometimes through particular emotions, or sometimes they have to touch you, give you massages or just touch your body. So you're taking the energy
1: of another person?
2: Right. Uh, And for some psychic vampires, they claim they can take the energy uh, from the earth itself or from some other surface around them. For some, if they go to nightclubs where there's lots of dancing and there's lots of what the psychic vampires call ambient energy, so like free-flowing energy that people are getting off, they say they can go there and absorb that out of the air. It really depends on the feeding method of the, of the particular psychic vampire.
1: So, okay, are there other qualities? So, I understand what you're saying in terms of if, if it wasn't, if they didn't take the term vampire, it would be a different conversation. That I can understand, because I could almost imagine doing an intro to the show, like, Hey, welcome to other people's lives today. We're talking to someone from the bloodlust community or like if it was called, you know, right. if there was a subculture right. out there, but it also seems like they do take on some of these other qualities that I guess your typical vampire or your vampire in literature would take on. And you mentioned, I guess, just the idea of taking energy from other people Fake fangs, I guess, is an example that's maybe the most extreme where now you're just really trying to identify as, you know, what people perceive a vampire to be. But is there anything else, like, in terms of—I'm trying to think of other, I guess, vampire stereotypes, not going out during the day.
2: There are some real vampires who go to great lengths to emulate the fictional or literary or filmic vampire as much as possible to the point where they might at night sleep in a coffin— or wear capes or something like that. Uh, but for the vast majority of the people in the real vampire community here in the US or in other countries like Russia or England, according to studies that I've read, they aren't going to great lengths to emulate uh, the vampire. And a lot of that can, can certainly be affected by your location. I mean, uh, uh, when I conducted the, these studies in Buffalo, that was the last study that a real vampire wanted to walk down the street wearing fangs. But in a city like New Orleans, uh, it almost helps you blend in more by wearing something strange like that. So um, I imagine the same thing uh, happens in in Russia. You're not going to see someone walking down the streets of Moscow wearing something that would draw attention to this identity of theirs. But in general, for most of them, uh, they're they're not going to try to emulate the vampire, except in a a few small ways. And all of that is the culture. And that's why I was saying that, that this identity is... One part biology, according to the people in it, and one part culture. The culture is picked up after the fact. But the important thing here is that the, according to the biology, happens first, usually just after puberty, and then years later is when the culture starts. And that's when they start adopting the word and maybe a few other sort of tokens of the, uh, the vampire image.
1: So is this something that you are born into? Like, I know, I don't know, I guess it's, it's kind of mind-blowing because, yes— they're humans like we kind of discussed in the beginning but at the same time do you kind of grow up to i guess have these or or to i i guess just have this like biological makeup where you need the psychic energy you need to take the energy from other people or you need blood i mean there's there's almost a non-human element to it it feels like
2: um, according to the people that I've, I've studied, interviewed, according to studies of, of people from the 70s, uh, this is something that they can only assume that they're born with. They don't start to experience the a lack of energy until usually just after puberty. Um, but they grow into it. They realize it's something they have to have. And, you know, you can, I've met many real vampires who are in their 40s and 50s. And, of course, they've been doing this for a very, very, very long time. So uh, yeah, I guess there's this element where you're you're kind of born with it. Now, and um, uh, what was the second part of your question? I'm trying to backtrack. Um,
1: I th- I think that was it.
0: Yeah. Um. Okay. W- one question that I had also is just kind of you know, uh, what happens if they're not able to get blood? Like, are they or energy of
1: some sort? Right.
2: Well, if they don't find blood, if they don't find energy, they fa- they find that they're very lethargic. Uh, some attest to having headaches. They feel very weak, uh, constant fatigue. It doesn't matter how much food they eat uh, or vitamins or exercise. They just always feel extraordinarily sluggish. And the blood or psychic energy changes that. it there's a really good film that I saw, uh, I forget how many years ago, five or six years. It's not too awfully old. It's called Midnight son and the son is spelled S O N. And, uh, it's about this guy. I think he's a security guard or something. And he's also skinny and he's constantly eating, eating all the time. And he never gains weight. And I think by accident, he comes in contact with blood and just this change comes over him. You can tell whoever wrote the script, I think was well-versed in the lore of the vampire community because his whole life changes after that point. So, if you'd like to see a really good fictionalized example of what I'm talking about, uh, check out the movie Midnight Sun,
1: and it's got a 95 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is really
2: yeah. There wow, we go. It's pretty good. It's so it's good, a good very good very decent film.
1: Nice. So this this community. I mean, you you said that you went into it, I guess, kind of skeptical. I mean, walking away from you know these these interviews. I mean, this is something that's very real to you and you felt like everyone was being completely honest with you throughout all the interviews?
2: Yes, I, I definitely felt that the people that I interviewed were being very genuine. Um, I've read studies of from other scholars from dating back to the 70s, and those studies appear to be very genuine. Sometimes I'll speak with real vampires online on Facebook or something, and I can tell, you know, some of them are not being honest, or some of them might be a few, you know, beer short of a six pack, but for the vast majority, I feel that it's very, very genuine. And I wasn't expecting that going into it. Again, I was expecting people who I could just talk with true blood about, you know, and and just talk about this stuff well into the night. And then it wasn't the case at all. They, they, I I figured one thing preceded the other. And in fact, (laughs) it didn't, that wasn't the case. Um, they they have this knee that grows starts to you know um, show itself just after puberty and they find ways to deal with it and they don't they don't understand it that well and they're trying to make sense of it
0: Is there any like scientific backing to blood providing energy to people if they just drink it
2: well, you'll definitely find um, there are some sicknesses that they used to treat. I think porphyria was one of them where they would have someone drink blood or someone who had an iron deficiency, they would have them drink blood. Uh, but if you talk to doctors, they'll suggest that people don't drink blood because of you know, blood borne pathogens. Or and I'm sure those things are very, very true. But I've yet to meet a vampire, a real vampire, who has gotten sick from drinking this blood and or contracted the disease, and it probably has to do with the safety precautions they take. Uh, Science, too, that that shows whether it will hurt them. Well, again, uh, they haven't—theoretically, it should hurt them, but I have yet to meet someone uh, who—that it has hurt. If if they don't drink the blood or take the energy, that's usually when they become ill, which is fascinating. Um, Yeah.
1: Is there anything— that you came across that sort of sinister about this community or or anyone that you met that maybe has this craving so bad so badly that they take blood from unwilling people or if if they are able to kind of take psychic energy that you know they do that to people who don't know like a, you know any any kind of i guess negative outcome that you came across in any of your interviews well
2: none in my interviews. In fact, one of the prominent vampires in the uh, New Orleans community, he actually authored a document that they call the Donor Bill of Rights. And it's widely accepted now by vampires all over this country and in other countries. And it talks about the rights of the donors themselves and the safety and ethical precautions you take. And this also applies to psychic vampirism. Uh, Most psychic vampires adhere to a strict code where you're you don't just walk up to someone without asking them and, and touch them and take their energy. Or if you take energy by looking at someone and take the energy through the air, you don't do that without asking for consent. Uh, it's very, very important.
1: This Wait.
0: community is very well developed. Wait, can can you go back to the taking energy by looking at somebody? What is, what is that process? I've never, I didn't even hear about that. It,
2: I mean, it's, 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 uh, someone, I, I I can only describe it in the terms that I understand it. There are various ways psychic vampires use to feed. Some can send out these sort of, um, let's just call them tentacles, energy tentacles or something, uh, where they're going through the air and the tentacle wraps around the person, and they're draining the energy that way. Almost like they're a jellyfish, but you can't see the stringy things, you know, tentacles um uh, coming from the jellyfish and they can send those around someone and take the energy that way. Um, some psychic vampires attest to being able to take energy from someone, uh, from afar. I mean, fairly distant, you know, from, you know, over a mile or something like that, if they think on it and dwell on it long enough.
1: How would that be considered a human though? If you have that ability,
2: right? I, I don't know. They, some of these questions, even the psychic or or sanguinarian vampires couldn't answer. Um, Obviously they're human. If there's some other otherly, you know, non otherworldly thing about it, it's it's something that I don't know, they might consider. Uh, but they're probably not willing to do that now because they have a hard enough time getting people to sort of swallow what they do now. If they started claiming that they were non human, well, <laughs> well you can yeah. just assume no one's really gonna believe them. So
1: Wow. Did were you kind of I guess one of the first people to really stumble upon this community and i guess take a a deeper dive into it um i know you know it looks like this the article that you wrote on um discover magazine did well and was it kind of eye-opening for a lot of people when you put this information out there
2: Uh, I think that the first Discover Magazine article was, it it got a lot of hits, more than I think than any other humanities article that the Discover Magazine has had, which is why they had me write the follow-up article from this past year. But studies have been produced and conducted and then published since as early as the 70s and the 80s, or rather studies were conducted in the 70s, and then the 80s you sort of see some of these go to print. So people have known about these communities. you know, since the eighties and nineties. But, uh, I think since the 20 teens and the late, uh, um, 2000s, uh, do you see it gaining more and more traction, uh, with people. So I'm, I'm not the first to stumble across them. Um, I'm definitely one of a, a two or three here in this country who've conducted really in depth ethnographic studies of this community.
1: Huh. I might be totally wrong. Cause I kind of had an intake of a lot of vampire information at once before this call. I thought I read in one of your articles that you had seen like fangs descend from someone's gums. Am I completely making that up?
2: No. uh, I mean, I I did not see that. Um, Although I have seen or or met real vampires who just sort of naturally had long incisors. They weren't so long that it was... Creepy, uh, Mm -hmm. but they did have unusually long incisors. I've also met other vampire, real vampires, who have filed their teeth down to a point.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, The only sort of unusual thing I've experienced, uh, which I thought was completely bogus or not really related, is I was standing outside of a club slash bar in the French Quarter, and I was waiting to go inside with another real vampire to interview her, and it was going to be a place... um, are frequented by lots of people who probably some of them were real vampires. So it was no big deal. And, when, and on the street waiting and the, the, during the play of light and darkness on Bourbon Street, um, it looked like her eyes changed color for a hot second, uh, which I attributed to sometimes the human eye can hit light just the right way to where it shines or refracts light in the same way that a cat's eye will. Um, mm. But it was very strange. It was very odd. The light also seemed like a deep red, uh, which wasn't, common to me at all. But again, I thought nothing of it. And then during the interview, when I was talking to her, she mentioned that one strange effect that can come over her, especially when she's hungry or needing blood, is that her eyes will change color. And it was just so fascinating that she said that, you know, not 20 minutes after I had witnessed her eyes do that.
1: Wow. Now, this is fascinating. I had no idea any of this existed. Like, I'm sure most people don't. I mean, how... I don't know if you can put numbers to this, but how large is this community globally? Would you say?
2: Well, in in this, the U.S. alone, we can probably be safe in saying between three and five thousand, or perhaps safely around five thousand. So very uh, in the U.S. alone, Uh, and then in in other countries, it it depends. But internationally, uh, who knows? It's not huge, but it's not small either. And we have communities as, as far and wide as. South America, the U.S., Canada, England, Ireland, Germany, France, South Africa, Russia, Australia—you name
1: it. Do they? Do you know if they kind of get together? I mean, I know we've we've spoken to a lot of people who are part of different communities that I guess are are very forward, you know, about their interests, uh, things like conventions and everything. But I, I mean, neither of us have ever, you know, heard <laughs> heard about this before coming across your work. Um, are they public at all, or is it something that you know you're, you're not going to see a, a real vampire convention right. pop up?
2: I can I can address this question, but then I'll have, to, I'll have to leave you guys be so I can go attend to something else as we're about at that thirty minute mark. Um, but uh, they're they're not going to hold public conventions or advertise conventions where they'll meet. Uh, Often the meetings happen very secretly depending on the community. Sometimes you have multiple meetings within the same city of of various vampire uh, covens or houses. And sometimes you have a meeting of several covens or houses within a city. Um, You do have these sort of public events that are more for show, but also a way to invite vampire patrons or donors into one place. For example, there is this, um, a dance or ball called um, Endless Night that happens in New Orleans uh, during October. You have a few other cities that have similar balls, uh, but those will, can be attended by the public or, or people who are you know, in the same sort of masquerade dress. And so you will see a number of real vampires going to that, but you're not going to have uh, real vampires sit down to have serious discussion and, and divide, invite the public into that or even tell the public when it's happening.
1: Right. And I have one one final question. I know you have to go. If I were interested in if I was someone who wanted to become a vampire, is it possible to i guess get turned or you know i like start having an appetite for blood, or is that just not yeah, possible? Yeah, that was a
0: question that I wanted to ask, but I didn't want to sound like an, you know, an idiot. We're, we're right. asking, like, um, you know, the fantasy is like you bite someone's neck, now they're a vampire. Right, is there
1: anything similar to that within the community? I'm,
0: I'm assuming I'm assuming you guys have already gone through puberty. <laughs> so if, if you've well, done that, and you don't already
2: have this this need for energy, uh, then I would have been, no, you're probably not a real vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some... Uh, real vampire. I wouldn't even say real vampires. There are some people who are sometimes associated with the real vampire community who claim they can turn you. uh, But if if you hear that or if they say that you should be very suspect of it, um, that is not the case. Uh, This is something that that you're, I guess, born with. And then whenever you become self-aware that you have this need for blood or energy, that's what Vampires, real vampires, use the term "awakened." That's when you awakened. So unless you've already awakened many, many years ago, uh, then it's probably the case that you, you you are not a real vampire. It's certainly nothing you can be turned into.
1: Okay, interesting. Okay.
0: Well, we we don't want to take up too much of your time. We appreciate you coming on. Uh, thank you for shedding light on the vampire community, which we knew nothing about. No, no uh, not at all. so yeah, thank you so much for hopping on the phone.
1: Is there also uh, any anything you want to say before you go? Any place where people can find you if they have questions or anything like that.
0: Well, if they're
2: interested in reading more or looking at some of the work that I do, they can, if they Google my name, uh, they'll find my academia.edu profile. They're welcome to do that. If they want to look at the most recent article that I did on Discover Magazine, uh, for Discover Magazine, they can go to their website and Google my name, John Edgar Browning, and the word vampire and the two articles will pop up, the one from 2015 and the one from this year. But that's probably what I would recommend if someone uh, wants to learn more about what I do or about this community.
1: Great. Thank you so much. That was extremely interesting.
2: You're welcome, gentlemen. Thank you.
1: Have a good one. Bye-bye. All
0: right, before we move on, let's get to the sponsors for today. The first one being ZipRecruiter, which is the easiest way to hire people for your business. I know me and Greg, uh, we are involved in Wing, and we had to hire some people. So using ZipRecruiter is very easy because unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't wait for candidates to find you. They go out and and find them for you with their powerful matching technology that scans through thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply. So it makes the process a lot easier. And trust me when I say that hiring people is not the easiest thing in the world. It's very tiring. It's this long thing. ZipRecruiter makes it very easy, and they are rated number one by employers in the U.S. So, proof is in the pudding, people. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address: uh, ZipRecruiter.com/lives. That is ZipRecruiter.com/lives, which is the smartest way to hire people. So, again, if you have a business or you have something that you need to hire somebody for, definitely go to ZipRecruiter.com. Uh, slash lives for free for free for free that's crazy there you go our next sponsor is TiVo and I have to say
1: I'm excited about this one because personally I'm someone who recently left cable behind Uh, so I'm always looking for alternatives to getting ripped off by a cable company, because no one likes <laughs> that. And TiVo offers some amazing options for anyone looking for a better experience when it comes to live TV, streaming apps, and recording their favorite shows, whether you're a cable user or, as I am, a cord cutter, uh, which just sounds cool. So you might you might want to be a it cord cutter. Cool. It, it sounds does cool. sound cool. I identify as a cord cutter, basically. <laughs> and uh, you may know TiVo as that company that introduced DVR back in the day, when it was like, oh, now we can record shows. Uh, But now they offer so much more, including two amazing new products, the TiVo Bolt Vox and the TiVo Bolt OTA. And both of these options have amazing features, uh, like the complete home TV experience, which gives you live TV, DVR, uh, it's a streaming device all in one. So you get Netflix, Hulu, all that good stuff. You can watch at home. You could watch on the go, uh, on your phone, if that's what you're into. Uh, so it lets you access everything you love uh, on any screen that you like. Uh, what is also amazing is you can skip over entire commercial breaks with the tap of a button or voice command. Um, that's incredible. I still don't know how you're able to do that, but Take advantage of that. No commercials. Uh, you could also watch shows 30 times faster with pitch corrected sound, which is interesting. So you know, if you got those long baseball games or anything, there's just a lot of technology. Speed it up. It's a lot this. of technology in in one product. Uh, so if you're ready for a better way to watch, then we have good news. TiVo has put together a deal. Just for our listeners, you get 20% off either the TiVo Bolt OTA or the TiVo Bolt Vox. So just head over to TiVo, T-I-V-O dot com slash O-P-L-20 and remember the promo code O-P-L-20 when you check out. Uh, definitely take a look around their site, see which product is best for you, uh, and that way you can find a better way to watch the uh, the shows that you love. And that's TiVo.com slash OPL20 with the promo code OPL20 for 20% off.
0: I, n- I know you can sense my energy right now.
1: You're so angry. You're so anti-vamp.
0: I'm not... An- Here's the thing. I'm not anti-vamp. It's like the
1: angriest I've ever seen you. for some I'm reason. not angry.
0: Why would I be angry? Listen... Do I think this guy is an idiot? Absolutely not. I think this guy is very well researched and he's an educated guy, blah, blah, blah.
1: Also not claiming to be a vampire right. or no, no, no. understand these things other than I have no gripe with this interviews. guy at,
0: at all, at all. I just want to make that clear because I know he's going to listen to this. Well, actually, I don't know that, but if he is going to listen to this, I want to let you know, I'm not trying to be offensive to you in, in, in any way what, or whatsoever, but I think it's very possible that people are doing exactly what he's saying that he's that he was hammering home so much that people had no idea about vampires Mm -hmm. and then that came afterwards after they realized the blood energized them like i don't buy that because how can you identify the blood as being the energy source because he mentioned a fight or he mentioned chicken or food or whatever the hell that was. And it was just like, okay, if you eat chicken and there's some blood in it, or you eat a, a steak and it's rare and there's blood and you feel energized afterwards, anyone who's not thinking of blood and a va- and vampires or whatever, it's just going to go, that was a good chick. Or like, I just feel energized because I ate. I- definitely get what you're
1: saying. You know what like, I mean? Like if you don't have that preconceived notion There's of no way you make vampires, that connection if I you don't have
0: saying. that preconceived Unless
1: just look, just to play vampire's advocate. Play sorry, it. I mean devil's advocate. Yeah. Uh that was such a bad joke. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> Maybe it's just an energy that like we can't even comprehend. Like blood hits your lips and you're just like Holy shit. Like, this is what I've been missing.
0: I don't know. But I also think that blood is another thing that is so taboo in a way. In what way? Like, no one drinks hype. Like, you're not supposed to drink it. It's supposed to be... It's dangerous. Like, it, people tell you that it's dangerous to drink and it's dangerous to touch even. Mm-hmm. Just drinking it makes you feel like a rebel. It makes you feel good. That's why teenagers love going out and drinking beers. And it's like the coolest thing ever. Because it's like <laughs> you're not supposed to do it. Like whatever. And I know I'm go- I'm reaching or whatever. But I'm saying like there is some sort of connection there. Where something that is not supposed to be consumed this way. Or not supposed to be this. And you're making it that. Like that would make it feel good in itself. Do you understand? Does
1: I 100% understand. I think. I think... First point, at the end of the day, I get what you're saying. At the end of the day, there's still people out there that are drinking blood on the regular. Yeah, which, they are. One, that just blows my mind. I mean, yeah. that's a whole different community and subculture. Like he said, they're calling themselves vampires. Like, they're still drinking human blood. That's nuts. But it's not... It's also not... Unless we haven't looked hard enough, it's not mainstream. Like, I get what you're saying about... You're, you're almost...
0: Kind of saying it's it's like, but you know it exists to get attention.
1: Now I know it exists. But yo,
0: one hundred percent, because what he said to me, you know, and and listen, again, I'm not trying to be offensive or anything like that. And the reason why I didn't bring this up is because I wanted this guy to talk as long as he could and and you know say as much as he could. And that's the only reason why I didn't want to go back and forth with him because that's not my place Mm -hmm. on this show. You know, I'm not trying to argue with somebody. I want all your information to come out so everyone can understand your point of view. And it's unfortunate that you had to go because I would have loved to have these conversations with him and maybe I can at a different time. But uh, I just,
1: I don't know. One, you're the angriest you've ever been.
0: Just it's not that, I, it's that. not that I'm angry. It's just that It's just that I, I feel like you can't, I just don't believe that people don't know about vampires. Like, I'm not a vampire enthusiast. You know what I mean? I don't watch a vampire movie. But you can movie- make that connection. And I, get, I don't I watch vampire movies and go, like, this is amazing. I, I, Everyone knows who Dracula is. You know what I mean? Everyone knows that. From Sesame Street, they just know it. Mm-hmm. And they know that that is like a dark subculture and, like, the emo stuff is very, like, and gothic. Like, that is a So you almost think it's, like, a
1: subculture to an existing subculture? Like, there's the idea of, like, I goth, just, I basically. think it's a way of
0: standing out. I just think that's what it is. What
1: if these people, like he was saying, they're not going to have conventions. They're not going to put it out there. Okay, there seems like there's varying degrees. If you're wearing fake, like, plastic party city vampire
0: fangs no, like that's another thing i wanted to say okay you're if you're wearing like because what he was saying some people wear capes some people wear you know prosthetic fangs you were obviously only looking for attention that is it
1: i i can't disagree with you there i can't that's the with
0: only reason there. why you would do that
1: because yeah because what again if you're not versed in vampire literature and things like that what do those things mean to you what does wearing fake fangs do nothing other than yeah. starting the conversation and then you being able to say yeah. I drink blood
0: because now you're following the path of the typical quote unquote vampire of Dracula. Like he had fangs and you know, he had his hair a certain way or he wore capes and he slept in this thing. It's like, you are just following the path of a story that was made up. Right. You know, like if you are a true person who's like, I just need this shit to survive. And like, it makes me feel better. There would be none of that. You would, you would have no reason to talk about it. There you would have no reason to go out and buy fangs. And again, he's saying not everyone does that it seems almost
1: like majority don't from what he was saying i don't know but it seems like most just. i mean he's been doing his research
0: and the guy you know he's a professor he knows what he's doing and you know i don't doubt that at all but like i said i'm just very skeptical of like and it was also just weird that he was hammering home that like oh no these people didn't weren't fanatics of vampires before this like yeah, I, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that they weren't fanatics. Like, I don't know anyone who's a fucking vampire fanatic, but at the same time, I think that someone who doesn't necessarily have, uh, who, who may be, like, insecure or they don't have anything interesting going about them, whatever, can hold on to this subculture mm-hmm. and this very niche thing that 5,000 people apparently do in the United States. I think you said States. in the U.S., yeah. And be like this is my thing then yeah it's it's really because until
1: like i totally get that point but also
0: five thousand is not a
1: lot like it's not like look at bronies for example like right huge huge like i could see people hopping on that every single day because they're like this community's huge it exists i get to wear the patches i get to like be a brony i don't know this just still seems like so underground I, it's I'm and conflicted. Listen, I'm conflicted. I, I don't
0: want to sit here and pretend like I know exactly what's going on. I could be wrong and he could be wrong. I'm just voicing my opinion at this point. I could be definitely wrong. And this is so, like coming from me, just so everyone knows who's listening. Obviously, I have not done my research, I have not interviewed any vampires. This guy has done all that stuff. I can only tell you from my personal experience and the things that have happened to me going through life. I can tell you right now that I have met people that will, I mean, you've seen it. Like you know people from high school that dressed a certain way and acted a certain way and wore certain things. Were they and, drinking blood? No, but like they they were doing, unusual things like wearing dog collars and wearing like chains on their pants and putting eyeliner on their face and like doing all these things. And they don't do it now because it was a phase. And the reason why you did that when you were younger is because you just belong to a group, even though it was a niche group. And it was only like a group of like 10 kids in high school that would do that. It makes sense because now you at least are a part of something, and it makes you yeah, feel like
1: that. I, I totally understand. So the that.
0: number doesn't really do it for me, where it's like it's only five thousand people. So like, why would only five thousand people like want to belong? But that just makes it even more like it's cooler, almost. Yes, have, yeah. It's more exclusive, <laughs> right? Right? It's right, like right? I can be a part of these people, and and this is like a, a, a you know a conversation starter almost to people. Totally, you know what I mean. And and listen, and I also think that it's very possible that these people are for lack of a better term lost in the sauce (laughs) of the placebo effect of blood where you think that it's going to do something for you so then it so then it does it's like you know when i was growing up and i would fake sick and i would stay home from school just to stay home from school i would feel sick that day
1: yeah because yeah. I
0: was practicing beings and feeling and and I would totally. start to feel sick so it's like your mind is a very powerful thing and stress kills more people than any anything in the in every single year mm-hmm. so it's like your mind can manifest these things so I have no doubt in my mind there are there are people that actually believe it but until science can prove to me that drinking blood is actually the the reason these people are the sole reason why these people have energy, like I, I just i find it hard to believe. It. Of course. I I'm with you 100%. I guess the only thing and
1: we don't know who these people are who he was talking to. Maybe they're tricking him. I don't know. Maybe they're just like we're going to play this real cool and like No, absolutely. And, and this is yeah. not it has
0: nothing to do with this guy. This guy is no, doing no, a research. No, 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 no. He's a middleman.
1: No, I'm talking about I get the I get the picture that you're painting of yeah. that that type of person who it's like this is a subculture I can belong to. This is something that I can almost wear on my exterior as well to like show that I'm part of this. But what about if, like he said, some of the real vampires that he spoke to, as he called them, like what about the person who isn't wearing fangs, who just goes to a normal job, who's got some blood in their freezer and they're just throwing back a shot of it like it's apple cider vinegar every night, not telling anyone about it? Like if that person exists like what what is that what is that thing
0: that could be anything like i'm sure there's things that people do because just because they believe it they don't they don't necessarily tell people but it doesn't make them a vampire you know what i mean like there are there are people who are hypochondriacs that think that if i don't wash my hands 400 times a day i'm gonna get sick like just because they do that doesn't mean they're fucking like some mythical creature you know what i mean like yeah. They could. They could th- that's why I was saying Like, I have no doubt in my mind that there are people who believe that they need it but do they actually need it biologically, scientifically do they need that is that the only reason right, why right, right, they right. feel energized right. I don't think so just from my personal experience but again I'm only 26 years old you know whatever I haven't experienced everything I can only give you my opinion so take it for what it is I'm not saying I have all the answers I just I'm saying my opinion is I, I don't know. So the for the person who just, you know, doesn't say anything, doesn't wear capes, doesn't wear fangs, doesn't do any of that stuff, they think they need it, I'm sure that person exists. I'm sure of it. <laughs> but is it doing anything, actually, b- b- besides making them think they feel better? So
1: should we uh, not even talk about the tentacles and the psychic energy? Because there's that, too. So, so
0: at, at that point, you know, what is that
1: this is just a matter of yeah at this
0: point it's like what do you what do you believe there, there's no answer and also i'd be more <laughs> inclined to believe that blood actually does for something for you because there is you know right, right iron right. in blood and there is certain good things okay. in blood that maybe could help mr scientist or whatever you know i i don't know if it does or i don't know maybe it does but not on a scale that you would even notice the difference <laughs> that's kind of my whole thing like i'm Maybe blood helps, like a little bit if you drink it. I but, love that we're having this conversation. But to a degree where you would notice it, and it would be night and day. I, to me, is like it was. It's it's a little far fetched to me. I never a lot of
1: would have me. guessed that. <laughs> but to, vampires but then, would be one of your triggers.
0: It's not a trigger. You're so worked up. There's I'm sweat dripping down your face. It's hot in here. I turn on the AC. <laughs> no, but uh, it's not a trigger. I'm just saying, like, it's it's just. And then the whole like just staring at someone and taking their energy like, I don't I don't like, I mean yeah I don't know I, I don't I'm know not gonna, uh, yeah the I'm whole not gonna, tentacles thing look, like this
1: is this it's like we we've, we've we've had conversations with flat earthers like it, I'm not gonna walk away from the conversation thinking the earth is flat I don't think I'm gonna walk out of here today thinking that vampires are out there that could take my energy with invisible tentacles but yeah I'm not gonna think that. But this was mind blowing. It was kind of a roller coaster of emotions because at first it would almost be more, it would almost be easier to kind of digest all this if he just said, like, yeah, there's non human vampires out there, like, that descend, like, they're bats and then they turn into like human form and like are sucking blood. Like, I could that's almost, that's like ghosts and aliens. That's like almost easier. I, I forgot about the bats thing too to me. comprehend, but now it's like, these are just humans who just need blood for energy. It's, it's, it's a lot to wrap your mind around. It's a lot to sink your teeth into oh is what I God, meant to say. Greg,
0: I hate you. Like I also, like I have no doubt in my mind. Like I said, there are people that truly believe it, but I also think there are people out there clearly, because what I'm saying is part of it. Is fact for some, you know what I mean? Why are you laughing so much? <laughs> I'm just,
1: I'm so happy. Okay, like, but, but just like, listen, think listen, of listen. the conversation. So having. what? I so what, what? What
0: I was saying, and I was attributing it to people wanted to be just a part of something, right? Yes, I have no doubt in my mind that there are people out there who wear capes, who try to be as pale as possible, don't go outside during the day, and sleep up in a fucking coffin.
1: <laughs> but yo, if, and you, wear fangs. if you do that and you drink blood, like. Good, you're a vampire. If you drink human blood on the regular, you deserve to be called a vampire. I don't care.
0: I this and you know that's an interesting thing that I wanted to say also. As much as I don't believe in it, it's real no matter what. That, like right. you're doing, you're doing it. You know you're what I mean. You're not posing
1: if you're drinking blood. No, my you, no,
0: drinking blood like you're a gangster straight up. <laughs> like that's that's crazy. Like you're a gangster. Like if you're drinking blood every three days, that's gangster shit. But I'm just saying like. I don't, I don't, I think it's just like something, you just think it's doing something for you. It's not, I I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? It's not biologically doing anything for you. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. I'm sure someone has something, like you, you think every, if you don't eat every three minutes, you're going to be sick or so. I don't even know what you think. You're nuts like that. But I'm saying like, that's just like a thing that you have. Yes. You know what I mean? I, I get your point. All right. I get it.
1: I get it. It's, I get it. You're so angry, like, I'm afraid you're going to hit me.
0: I've literally not been angry this entire time.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. Has no. has Joe been angry, everyone? Please, let us know.
0: Joe's not angry. She's a little worked up. I'm just trying. Listen, I'm giving a different point of view. I can't give it a no, point of view. No, of course. View. That's what I'm saying. That's why I, we do the show. This
1: is, this is an interesting one.
0: Listen, it's very, rare cause I, it's very rare on this show also that we'll get to the final thoughts. And I'll be completely on the other side, so I'm, I'm, right, right. you know, capturing the moment here. I don't necessarily, you know, ag- agree with everything he's saying. Uh, to to
1: go back to the beginning, I guess, where we said I think we're on the same page. Aliens, hell yeah, aliens are
0: out there. I believe in aliens, one hundred percent.
1: Ghosts, there's a good chance.
0: I'm just, I'm just scared to say, scared yes. to answer. <laughs> Vampires. I'm not I don't
1: yeah I didn't leave here convinced but I'm very excited to learn about this subculture out there like I think we stumbled upon something we didn't expect to stumble upon I thought we were going to talk to a guy who was just like supernatural things are out there that are vampires but no these are everyday people they're humans they go to their jobs they do what they do and they drink blood because they think that or they feel that that's what gives them energy and it's a need and a craving that they have that that in itself is pretty mind blowing and and interesting to know.
0: I I was ready for either or because I honestly didn't think he would go like oh they're bats that turn into people and they can't go outside like I didn't think he was going to say that. I knew that there were there was a I knew of a subculture of people that believed they were vampires and would wear prosthetic fangs and you know drink blood and I've seen some TV shows on these people and it's just. You know, I, I can't help but chalk it up to I, I want to belong to something. And if you believe something long enough, it becomes true in your mind. Fair enough. And, and that's what I think this is a case of. I don't think that, you know, biologically, again, it all comes down to is this blood actually doing stuff for you? I don't think it is. I think that it has a placebo effect on you because you actually believe it so hard. So obviously when you're telling me, about, telling uh, John about it, you are telling him how like how much you believe in it and how much it means to you and all this stuff and you don't need to tell other people even or you don't need to like show it or i don't need to dress this way right right because you believe it so much yeah but if it was fact we'd all be doing it totally why wouldn't we it's a great point it's a great point why wouldn't we be doing it yeah
1: you know i'd be like hooked up to an iv getting blood infused well i think people do do that actually but that's another that's thing. a difference <laughs> but uh <laughs> I mean, I, I'm i going to hunt for a vampire now. I, I got yeah. to hear that side of the story. Yeah. But yeah, so this guy's name was John Edgar Browning. Uh, you can, like he said, just search his name, maybe throw the word vampire after it. His articles will come up. Uh, the original article that uh, kind of, I guess, put him on the map for vampire research is called real life vampires exist and researchers are studying them it's on uh discover and uh yeah i think his email's up there too if if you have any questions for him if you think you might be a vampire and you've come in contact with some blood and it made you feel some type of way reach out to him but yeah i I think we've said all that we could possibly say about this
0: yeah and I, i also just the last thing i want to say before we wrap up I am completely open to being proven wrong. I have an open mind. Obviously, if we've created this show, I have an open mind. I am willing to be wrong and I'm willing to listen to anyone who thinks they could prove me wrong or change my mind. I am ready to have this conversation. I am not going to shut you out. I am not going to tell you you're, you know, crazy or anything like that. I would love to have a conversation. I do have my opinions. But until I'm convinced, I'm going to stick to it. So, yeah, that's that. Um, anyway, shout out to John for coming on the show. That was awesome. A very interesting episode nonetheless. Uh, if you guys want to follow uh, me, I'm at Joe Santagato on Twitter uh, and Instagram. And you guys, if you want to, uh, you think you have a story or something that could be good for the show, you can go to OPLshow.com slash contact. Send us an email if it fits for the show. We will call you. Uh, we'll schedule something and get you on the show So yeah OPLshow.com slash contact
1: And you can find me at Greg Dybeck uh, You can follow the show at OPLshow on Twitter You can always interact with us there as well And uh, don't forget We have the Patreon It's uh, patreon.com slash Uh, For just a dollar you can get bonus episodes Of the uh, Ask Greg and Joe Episodes We also have the Discord chat where, I mean, we're, we'll be in there. So if you, uh, if you can, if you have anything to say to Joe about his extreme views on vampires, oh my reach out to him there. That's
0: a loaded <laughs> sentence.
1: Uh, and of course, leave a rating and a review on iTunes. And thank you very much for listening.
0: Ooh, you're doing the outro now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> a new season. Who knows? <laughs> thank you for listening. See you next time.